Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I hope that you have had the most amazing week. But if you had a week like mine, which we will definitely get in, we will definitely go deep into it. If you had a week like mine where you had a little bit of lows, not as many highs, don't worry, I got you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's conversation with Toy. We do have a guest for you today, but before we do all of that, I just want to say welcome. This space we try, or I say I should try, or I try to keep it as safe space as possible. You know, so many things are happening in life, no matter where your status is, no matter what you have going on. And the last thing you want to do is get on to listen to a podcast and then feel like you're being inundated with all these things that you probably don't need. So let me just tell you what we do on this space here. Here we talk about mental health care, self-care, completing our goals. We talk about life. We talk about things that happen on these internet streets. We just try to have an open and honest conversation as much as we possibly can. Now, there will be times when trigger warnings need to be used. This is to protect you if I feel that there is a topic that may cause you know harm if you're not ready to take that plunge. Anything that we talk about that needs a trigger warning, I will always try my best to give it to you before and let you know so that you make the most best decisions for you. What may be a trigger to me may not necessarily be a trigger to you, but when I feel like it's something that I think is a universal trigger, I will do my best to give it to you. In today's particular podcast, we're going to be talking about goal and goal settings. Now, I know you probably hear this all the time, especially because we are still coming to the end of the close of January. And in the beginning of January, when we start new years, we like to do new things and do new goals. And some of us do well. Some of us are doing well with being active participants in our goal setting, meaning we are writing things down. We're making it happen. We realize that we may fail. We don't like it, right? We're being honest. We don't like failing, but we have no problems of dusting ourselves and off and trying again. Then there are some of us who we set high goals. We don't really have a plan. We kind of just kind of hope that the the intensity of the newness of a new year will kind of inspire us. And let me just say, it will inspire you. However, there are going to be times when that newness or that inspiration could possibly wear off. And without a plan, you may find yourself more frustrated than you want to be. Goal setting is a beautiful thing. It just kind of helps you put into focus what it is that you want to do. So we're going to be talking about goals. So if you say to yourself, I don't know what my goals are, that's okay. We're here to start a spark and let thou that spark to kind of help you to make those goals and get where you want to be. We want to also, I should say, why do I keep saying we? I say we because it's like the universal thing to say, but it's usually just me. I and I guess if I have one, but I'll say I am working on that, right? But I had a very interesting week. Now, let me just say that if you're listening and you're trying to be like, well, you know, why are you having these moments? What, you know, what's going on in your life? There doesn't have to be anything happening in your life to wake up and feel blah, right? 
I call that depression because that's what it is. I was diagnosed a few years ago, right after the battle with postpartum depression. If you don't know, I am a mom of three. I have postpartum depression, I would say with the last two children. And if I had it with the first, I probably did, but I was so overwhelmed with just different things of being a new mom that I didn't know anything about it. But in the midst of being diagnosed with postpartum depression, which I have talked numerous times about, you can go back and listen to the podcast that talks about that. But I also discovered that I have episodic depression. Now, episodic depression is usually this low energy feeling for about a two week period. Now, these things can happen more than once. It doesn't do like a one and go. And it just depends on your own personal triggers. For me, it usually starts if I have a thought process about something and I feel like I'm not achieving enough, not doing enough, you know, all this pressure that we put on ourselves. And that usually can start it. And once that hits, depending on how deep it goes, I've had moments when, again, the struggle to regain my strength to continue with the things that I love, you know, is usually in jeopardy. So for a two week period, give or take, this low energy is real. You know, you wake up, you love what you do, you're doing what you love, but you just are like, I don't feel like doing this. I'm going to take a break. I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. Or, you know, you find yourself sleeping more or you find yourself eating things that's just out of your, like, those are the physical attributes for me. Also for me is that I tend to find that I'm, I can be very angered or I'm very short or I'm very, you know, irritated. And once I start the screaming or hollering or all of those things, I begin to recognize and tap in. By the time that happens, again, you'll notice that two weeks have gone and you're like, oh my gosh, this is where I'm at. Well, this week was when I realized that I had hit the plateau of my two week period. Now, the two weeks prior to that, I just started doing a lot of soul searching, trying to discover like, you know, what I needed to put into my life, what I needed to take out. And let me just say this, no matter what goals you have and know how many ambition you may, ambitious you may be, be very careful with feeling like you have to do everything all at one time. Like goals are being, are meant to do something a little bit of every something every day, right? You're writing things down, you're making it happen, but this pressure to be perfect or not even really just perfectionism because I don't even want to be perfect. I think the profession, the, the pressure of wanting to get more than, you know, you want to make sure you do all of the things, right? You're just like, I have so many goals, so many things I try to accomplish. So let's just do it all. Balance that attempt to balance that with the reality that you're not going to Rome was not built in a day. And you are not going to crush everything that you have on your plate in a day. You may not even crush it all within a year. And this is exactly why goal setting is a daily thing. Because sometimes when we set our, you know, the first of the year goals, we just tend to forget that every day is the way that we need to continue looking at it and not just a one and done thing. You know, doing a daily check-in, doing a weekly check-in, doing a monthly check-in, these things help. So in the midst of me discovering that I was having these episodic depression moments, realizing that, you know, I feel off and I'm not exactly all way, you know, all the way there. And I'm kind of becoming distant or I'm not as interested in having conversations with people, or I don't really feel like texting people and texting them or having conversations, or I'm just not feeling it. I want to do the bare bone minimum because I have my hands in a lot of things just with being a blogger and a podcaster and all the things you know, I get invited to so many things or I have so many different campaigns that I may be working on at one time. Like 
it can become overwhelming. And so I didn't even have the time to realize that I was even deep into this episodic depression. And so the other day I got up and I did just what needed to be done. Now, did I have more that I had to do? Absolutely. Did it get done? Absolutely not. And it took me almost a full day to kind of like shake myself. Like I had already been going through for two weeks, but in this particular day this week, I recognized that I was like at a low, low blow. Like I was just like, this, this is a lot. Like I'm feeling overwhelmed and overstressed and I didn't want to stress my, you know, my husband. And I obviously wanted to make sure that I didn't put that on my kids. So, you know, you just like many of us carrying this battle by yourself, carrying this bag by yourself, carrying this load by yourself and, you know, trying to process it. And although I didn't really reach out to my husband and really have a conversation, which normally let's be honest, I can do. So for those who are thinking like, Oh, she carried that by herself and doesn't have a husband that's caring or concerning, like that's not it. But sometimes when you, or when I deal with this depression and it comes on me, I don't want to always just make him a source. I don't want to just you know, vomit my, uh, depression on him or make it feel as if I'm always needing him to pull me out type of thing. And if you've ever felt like that, you understand exactly what I mean. Those who know, unfortunately, you know, and I had to do a lot of things like, you know, I talk about using different tools and sometimes you have to use more than one. So the, when I first noticed it this week, it was like early, I want to say in the middle of the week. I started noticing that this depression, I was like, okay, this is exactly what this is. You know how you're feeling. This is going to come and eventually this will go. So the first thing that I did was, you know, get some gratefulness. Think about the things that I am blessed with. You know, it's interesting. My husband, um, we have been talking about a goal that we have been trying to work on for a while and we accomplished that goal. Right. And I was excited on the surface, but like, I couldn't even tap into the full excitement of it. And that's kind of what woke me up to tell me, like, if you're not excited about this one thing that you've been wanting to do almost your whole life, like you ever just had one of those things you want to go to or want to do, and you've been wanting to do this your whole life and the door opens and you go in and you get it all done. And you're still like, yay, that's how I felt. And I was like, how in the actual world would I be feeling that way and not having sliced bit of excitement? Like how? And that's kind of what jarred me. So I was like, okay, let me just re- remember my gratefulness. Like, you know, of course the simple, the, the more generic things, like oh, I'm grateful for my family, my husband, my kids, all those things are always prevalent. But then I begin to just be grateful for the, for connection. I begin to be grateful for creativity and being grateful for the ability to create or the ability to have the mind to do these things. And I started being grateful for just the the fact that no matter how up or how down, how great or how bad or indifferent, you know, God is always there and protects me. And I feel like even in my worst case scenario, like even when I feel like I'm doing my worst, right? Even when you have those feelings of being at your worst, you know, thinking about your worst, having all these thoughts come to you, they don't always pan out to be what it is. Sometimes our minds will tell us something is far worse than what it is. And that's a lot of it is coupled with our own anxiety. A lot of that is coupled with our own expectations that we have set for ourselves that don't make a hill beans of of sense. They don't align with anything that we need. And so I had to get to come to grips with that. Like, okay, Latoy, 
think about all these things you have going on in your mind and you're having this one situation that's happening that is like the thing you've been, not the only thing, but one of those top things that you've wanted to do your whole life and you have zero excitement. So maybe this isn't about if you get things or if you have things or if you, or you gravitate towards whatever lifestyle, this now has to do with you managing your emotions. And so I had to ask myself, is this something that was real or was this something that I kept just repeating over and over? One part of my personal, and I say personal because everybody's experience is different. For me, it's like, thinking about the things that I may have happened in my childhood or thinking about the things that I may have struggled with that will come up when I'm dealing with one of my children. And this is why if you want to have children, kudos to you. And if you don't, kudos to you as well. But when you have children and you don't think about unlocking and healing through some of your childhood things, some things that you do with your child as you step into this motherhood or fatherhood will unlock a place of you that you don't know even exists. And so while I watch my children do these most amazing things, I'm like, man, would it have been nice if I could do that as a kid? Like how dope would that have been if I would have had that opportunity and not even in a jealous way? Cause you know, some parents can become jealous of their kids. Like I wish, well, why are they so good? I, why do they have that? Why wouldn't you want them to have more than what you had? Like, I'm not even more about having them have more material things, but honestly, they do have more material things than I did as a kid. Um, I didn't have my first cell phone until I was in college. You know, my kids are, you know, my oldest is about to go into the ninth grade. So it's like, they're definitely doing things bigger and better or however the case may be. But when I think about opportunities for their advancement of their education and just different things that they have access to, you know, I'm like, how dope would that have been? But I'm so grateful that as a parent, as much as I'm not really as in much as I'm not into material things, I'm more into their experiences. It's like, how dope is that to provide that for your kids and, and, and work hard or see something that you want to do and like gravitate towards that. And so again, as these things are happening and unfolding, like, I'm like, okay, Lord, like I feel something moving on the inside of me that is struggling from something from my childhood or the case, or even from things that I've dealt with as an adult. And when those thoughts happening, it's just like, oh, it's like, it's like laundry. No matter how many times you wash your clothes, you're always going to be ready to have a load. Like there's never not a time where I'm not going to just be like, there's another load to wash. So that's how I felt. And when you keep adding those piles of laundry into your basket without ever washing them or, or you're taking your time or you're not as focused because again, depression will take a hold of you and you can't get much of anything done. A lot of people have asked me, how do I manage these different avenues or different compartments of my life and the reality is that it's not always easy you know it's not always easy and so the day that I had to take that step back I felt guilty about that because I felt like I had such a long laundry list of things that had to be done like in my mind they had to be done you know there were deadlines that had to be met and the fact that I was like being tripped up in a way by having to be in semi over consumed with the things that I had on my plate and yet having to say, I need to take a break. Like I need to rejuvenate myself. I need to reset. I need to write in my, my grateful, my gratitude journal. I need to put on my music for music therapy. I need to call my therapist. Like there was a lot of things happening and I was just like, I should have did more. I should have done more with my day. 
But the reality was that I needed to take care of myself. And so that's what I did. So for you that are dealing with things like this, maybe your situation is different. Maybe the way you process is completely different. That's okay. But we all have these moments where we're having these high moments and everything is great and you feel so joyful and you feel like you have all the energy and you can entertain other people and you can just, you can just, you're just feeling like you're on top of the world. Don't feel slighted or try to work through the slightness that you feel when those days come when you're like, God, I can't, I don't even want to get out of the bed. I don't even want to get, I don't even want to go out the door. I don't want to be seen. I just want to ball up in a corner and cry. And then when I get done crying, I want to cry some more. And that's how I felt. And that's how depression works sometimes. And I speak very candidly about it because I feel like so many people act as if these things are not real. And so when you're going through it, you feel like you're the only person that this happens to. And you'll look at somebody else's life and you'll see a spark that's happening for someone else. And you'll just be like, why is that not happening for me? Or why can't I have more of that? I want more of those moments. Please be gentle with yourself. Please understand like I'm working through myself all the time of having to remind myself like this is normal. This is normal. We can't always have good days and not ever have rain, right? And when we have rain, it doesn't mean it has to be a tsunami, but it may feel that way. It may temporarily feel like a tsunami of emotions that you can't control. You can't stop. You can't put a break up. You can't get a break. These are normal emotions. And somebody is going to tell you that's not how you should feel. And you should be grateful for your life and your health and your journey and all these different things. You can be grateful for all of those things and still be in a depressed state of mind. You could have the life of Riley and be on top of the world and still not feel like everything is okay. And there will be somebody that's going to judge you and you will even judge you quicker than anybody else about what you think you should be doing in that moment. But it's okay, right? It's okay. And so I got up from that moment and I just allowed that moment to happen. And, you know, when it came time, I think it was like time for me to right before to pick up the kids. And I'm telling you, I was in such a, a whirlwind. I think it was like almost two, three o'clock. I hadn't even showered. So I was like, let me get my life together. Let me go ahead and shower. Let me listen to a podcast or something that I need to do to rejuvenate my mind and get myself back in order so I can pick my kids up so that by the time I pick my kids up, I may not be fully through it. I may not always be over it, but I can at least that to be like a, a deep breath, a sigh that I can pick up. And what I started to do was just from that moment, just do the things that I needed. Like it was just a plethora of, let me go grab myself something to eat. Because the first thing that happens when you're in a depressed mood, you either eat too much or you don't eat enough, right? You're not really thinking about healthy choices or healthy options. And I had to tell myself, you know what's going to happen. So go ahead and let's make a healthier choice. Let's feed you. Let's get you something in your belly. Let's make sure you're okay. Go ahead and, you know, take a, a longer shower and just let the water fall over you. Maybe say a prayer while you're in the water. You know, you don't have to have an answer. Just talk to yourself, talk to God, whoever your spiritual power is, and just really figure out what it is that you need. And that's what I did. Then it came down to what am I listening to at this moment? Because I don't want to listen to anything that's going to bring me onto a low spirit. Let me listen to something that I feel like is cleansing my mind. And then let me bring my, 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 myself upbeat. Then I need to stop at the store. Well, I could have went to any grocery store, but you know what? I want to go inside Target, which I don't normally do. Actually, I don't actually go inside of a Target as much as people know that I shop at Target. I don't ever walk inside. I usually have stuff ordered and just have them put them in the car. But at this time, let me walk into Target. Even if I am just grabbing the basic things that I need, just being in that happy place 
was really helpful. And it was those little things combined, combined. Like it, this wasn't one of those things where I can write in my gratitude journal and feel okay. I had to do multiple things. And then after I did that, just listening to my kids, like I would just listen to my kids laugh and just like not interject, just put the music a little lower and listen to their conversations and listen to their laughter and their joy. And that helped. Then after I did that, I came in and did some musical therapy, made a good meal. And those things helped to pull me out. Now, again, I'm still in the midst of coming out of that. So making sure that my energy may not be what you're expecting if you see me the next day or two, because I'm still coming out of that. But I had to use multiple tools to make it through. And that may be where you are. And may that may have be your week. You may feel like that may be the start of your 2023. Maybe you ended your time on 2022 and that's how you felt. And so now we're talking about goals and you're like, goals, I'm just trying to get my feet on the floor to get out of bed. When you're ready, step out of that bed. But try to employ some of those tools that I suggested. And maybe that tool is not one of the tools you use, but maybe it'll inspire something that you use that'll help you. Today, I plan to do a day of self-care to help get myself back together, make myself feel like, you know, and it's not to make myself feel like, but I know that in the midst of taking care of myself, it's going to do what I needed to do. So that's what I'm going to do. And I implore you, if you're listening to this while we talk about our goals, that you realize that taking care of you is being is a goal too. taking care of your mental health is a part of goal, goal setting as well, because God forbid there's nobody else on this world in this world that's just like you. So that means we need you around. We need to have you around us. We need you into this atmosphere because there's spacing that only you can occupy because you're wonderfully and fearfully made. And so don't forget that. And with that being said, we have a guest today. Yes, we do. We have Ursula Eisen and she is a creative strategist who helps entrepreneurs, startuppers, and even government ministries to turn uncertainty into an advantage using the scenario thinking method. Ursula knows from years of her experience, any individual, no matter their career choices, can benefit from scenario thinking. She even used the method to help teenagers choose a career. So she's going to explain to us what scenario thinking is. I think you'll get a lot of you know impact from this conversation. And when we're talking about goals, things that little things that you can do to set those goals in motion, you may not know exactly what to do and how to do, but just little things that can help. Again, we are in the month of January. One of the biggest things that happens is that when people get into the month of February, which they say by February, some of these goals that we have set, we fall off. So I want you to, at every month, instead of worrying about falling off, and even if you did, like, let's say you started off your first two or three weeks in January, and now you feel like, damn, I really let myself go. I didn't do all the things I said I was going to do. I wasn't consistent. I fell off. I didn't do the things that I said I would do. Honor yourself by dusting yourself off, trying one more time, getting right back up, using some of these techniques that Ursula's going to talk about, and let's get reunited with ourselves. There is nothing worse than falling off than staying off. Just because you fall down doesn't mean you have to stay down. Listen, I am the type of person that even from a child, I would fall down all the time. I have, I'm very clumsy, right? But I would fall a million and one times. And I used to think that was such a bad thing, but then I realized that the tenacity of falling is also getting back up. 
And you may get up battered and bruised, right? You may get up crying and kicking and you may get up and feel defeated. Listen, bring all those things with you and allow those things to fall off of you. Allow those self-doubts to fall off as you continue to walk in confidence and you become more confident when you start getting to those goals. So I want us to reset. I want us to rejuvenate. I want us to get back on track. I want us to get on a track. I want us to make a track. I want us to dream again. I want us to have our goals and we're going to use some of these scenarios of goals and and things that Ursula is going to tell us to do just that. So without any further ado, let's get into this conversation with Ursula and welcome to the Conversations with Toy family. All right. Thank you, everyone who is tuning in uh, to Conversations with Toy. You already know the drill. It is a beautiful Friday and every Friday is beautiful because every day that we're here is an amazing one. And we have a treat. I told you for the month of January, we were going to have a guest every week. And I've kept my promise, right? With that being said, today is no different. You've already heard the amazing bio of Ursula. She is here. We're going to talk about some things today. So if you are in, if you have this conversation about resolutions and self-perfection and all these things that we put on ourselves that some of us, some do well and some fail at it because we're just going to get into that conversation because you may adhere to resolutions and maybe resolutions aren't your thing. So now that we're in January, we're about to slip over into the slippery slopes of February. This conversation is actually very perfect for those who are trying to complete goals and all those different things. So Ursula, welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Toy. Oh, we're glad to have you here. So we're talking about this resolution. You and I were talking off camera and off, you know, offline about it. But talk to me about resolutions. What's what's your thing with resolutions? I started this year off with a LinkedIn post saying New Year's resolutions just don't work. And many people like that one. Why? Because they don't work. So what do I suggest to do instead? My flagship is the development of future scenarios. So I think now might be a very good time to look ahead to the future and uh, not to try to plan resolutions or anything like that, but, but to do the things instead. Very often when people ask me about my bucket list, about resolutions I have, I say, well, I don't have a bucket list. I do the things Instead, what keeps you from doing it now? Why would you put it off on a bucket list? Just do it now. So what do I do instead? Mm -hmm. I imagine it's January the 1st, 2024, and I am looking back on an abundant year 2023. I ask myself, what does my life, what does my business look and feel like on the 1st of January 2024? What decisions did I make that took me here? Am I happy with the outcomes? If not, what do I have to change now in 2023 to create my desired future? If yes, what did I do to get here? Which old beliefs and habits did I change? And which inspired action steps do I need to take in the year 2023 to achieve what I want? And the answers to these questions guide me through the storms of life like a beacon of light and let me achieve what I want. So um, 
everyone can step into the future like that. If you want my guidance, go to my website, www.redswan.at. Um, and I'll be happy to guide you through such a process and to make you achieve what you want and not just long for some resolutions you will not adhere to. I love that. Where do you think we started this whole concept of resolutions? Where do you think that comes from? Oh, that's a very good question. I think people uh, like this imagination that like when we um, enter a new year from one day to the other, you can change right mm -hmm. but when you try that again and again and again you tr you know that it's not a specific day it's not a specific time change is more about consistency it's more about perseverance and most people don't want to hear that because that's much more work right to right. be consistent to do the things to persevere that's much more work so i think it's really um, a really nice imagination or w wishful thinking that you could change. And everybody thinks, oh, yes, now in 2023, all of a sudden, everything will be different. But alas, it isn't. And I feel like, you know, when, when I, I heard you when you said do the things. And the reason why I say I heard you is because I feel like sometimes, oftentimes, we're so scared to just step out and do the things. We are more concerned with let me set this goal. You're not doing anything that's like doing anything that's making that happen. I feel like every single day, whatever you have a goal, whatever it is that you have in your mind, you should start be doing something of those things every single day. But what exactly. we do is we write them down. Hmm. Sometimes we forget about them. Um, and oftentimes we just kind of hope that eventually at the end of the year, we, we have accomplished something. But if you're not every day taking almost every area of your life and finding something that you could just actively be doing, you're just waiting dormant. And I feel like that's where the whole goal drop off comes in because instead of saying, let's do something right now, we're just like, well, in the future, I plan to do this. I hope to do that. Exactly. I think um, it's two steps. First, you have to become aware where you are because I think you can only take inspired action steps from a place of reality and where you really are. So I think first you have to, to know what are my values? What are my driving forces? What do I really want to accomplish? So I think to write down your goals is also very valuable. That's a valuable first step. And also put pen to paper. That's a really, it's very a, a very important step. But you have to take actions after that. After right. you gain the awareness, after you know the reality, face reality. And it's not about being pessimistic. It's not about saying, oh, everything will be so bad, face reality. No, there might be some good pivots in reality as well, but you have to face reality because you can only create your desired future from a place of reality. Otherwise you will fail. And then take the action steps. As you say, every day, a little step really will take you a long way. And really, that is the point. But I feel like oftentimes, again, we have this mindset of I'll get there. I'll get there. And I'm. And, and if you're listening to this and you're saying to yourself, well, I wrote down my goals so that I can visually see that I'm not against that. But I'm saying, not at all. Like, right. Because I write my goals down all the time. But hmm. while you're writing a goal, also have an action plan. Exactly. If this is the goal, what are you going to do to get you there? And then work on it. Got to work on yes. it be active and be intentful and mindful of that. Exactly. And the other thing is, you might to have 
expect the unexpected as well. So it's not very good. Yes, write it down. Also have a plan, do the things, but be ready to pivot. This might happen, especially in 2023. I think we might deal with a lot of uncertainties and that's not to frighten people. There might be a treasure in these uncertainties. Expect the unexpected, not in a fearful way, but in a way that there might be very delightful pivots and there might be a treasure in for you. And I think every one of us can need that now after, after very intense years. Uh, I don't say it will be easy. There will still be a lot of things that will be very hard, but um, obstacles are there to overcome. They make us very creative. There's, it's not that something went wrong. Just uh, imagine the movie Titanic. Everyone gets <laughs> on the boat, they cross right. the ocean, everyone um, just gets off the boat we wouldn't have a movie, right? And in life, we expect everything to go smooth, no obstacles, but actually we need obstacles. I see that a lot when we develop future scenarios like 20, 30, 50 years in the future for technologies. <clears throat> it's, it's always very interesting to see that um, when we face obstacles, when we imagine really bad scenarios, we become really, really creative. Not in the, Not so much in the good scenarios. That seems to be the way our mind works. Our mind needs challenges and obstacles. And then we become really creative. And then we find solution to almost everything. And the next thing is connect to other people. I think in loneliness and isolation, we are really lost. Um, our strength as a species, as a human species, always was cooperation. This is why we came here. This is why we invented so many things. This is why we are... Well, we are a social species. We connect to other people. And if we lose that, I think we are really doomed. But as long as there are other people, as long as you can connect and co-create a desired future, nothing is lost. What is your thought about this, the concept of self-perfection? I know you have some thoughts on that. Yes, I actually wrote a whole column on that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called Super superhuman, the insanity of the never-ending race for self-perfection. And as I'm a technology consultant of more than 20 years, I look at it from the technological perspective, from things like, why do we want to have robots? Why do we want to have AI? Why do we have to do we want to have chips implanted into our brain to enhance our intelligence or something like that. It's a race for self-perfection. It's the same thing as I have to train because otherwise nobody would like me. I have to exercise, etc. Yes, it's very good to exercise, but you should have the right driving force, the right motivation. And if your motivation is self-destruction, it will always end in self-destruction. Um, so I think most of the time people follow this race of self-perfection like heroin addicts almost. And mm. it's always this, I'm not enough, I'm not enough. So maybe you dive deep and ask yourself, who told me that I'm not enough? And weren't they even right about that? They were not. You are enough. Everyone is. You don't need to change. There is an inherent and um, value of every human being. You cannot take it away and you cannot enhance it. So that's very beautiful. And also, it's not about perfection. Life is messy. And that's, um, <clears throat> I think, this very messiness and our fierce uniqueness, every one of us contributes to this world in their own unique way, 
that's just perfect after all. I love that because I feel like we put a lot of pressure. You know, we get we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to attain whatever this thought that we're supposed to be. And in that, it can become, it can, people have mental health breakdowns. I mean, there's a yes. lot of things that go along with that. And I, I'm glad that you said that, you know, continuing the, the, the thought that we are enough. Because when we tell ourselves that we're not, it goes left really quick. Right. And that's not about self-complacency. It's not about, it's not good to change things. If you have deprimental patterns, it's very good that you change it because it comes from a place of self-love. But if uh, change comes from a place of self-hate and self-destruction, it will destroy us. And I see that a lot of technological development is also actually destroying people just imagine uh the Neuralink. i don't know if you heard about it elon musk Neuralink, where he wants to implant chips into the brain they are they are testing that on animals and recently i think more than 1500 animals uh, got killed there so it's not working it's just not working and why do we even want to have it in the first place what what's that nonsense about and also (laughs) (laughs) i will certainly not volunteer for that And I do talk to a lot of AI experts of 30 plus years, and they also say they would not volunteer for something like that. Why? Because it just doesn't work. And we we do not understand a lot of things in human biology that we just can combine our biology biology with, sorry, I say that again, so that we just can combine our biology with machines. The human is not a machine. It's not like, okay, plug me in. And (laughs) if it would be that way, of course, we could heal everything, repair everything. But that's that's not how it is. That's not how it works. So I think that's all. It comes from a kind of a God complex. Either it's I want to make human beings or I want to live forever. So and both is very narcissistic. If you have a happy life, you might come to the point where say it's enough. I've done enough. I've had enough. I can also leave this world and you're happy. But if you're a narcissistic person, it's like, it's never enough. It's never enough. I have to live forever. I have to live for another hundred years. For me, it's more like, really? <laughs> Do I have to? <laughs> right. It's That's a mess. Um, what are some of the things that you have, you know, we're talking about, doing these goals, we're talking about this concept of moving away from this perfection. What are some of the things that you have seen when you've changed your mindset from that thinking? Some of the things that you saw that were hiccups, like things that you did, but they were like, you had to get past that thought. How did you work through that? Oh, I was a perfectionist. Absolutely. (laughs) I... (laughs) I really, really thought I'm not enough. I also had the productive, I also had the productivity bug, uh, which means it was like I have to do something all the time. You have to pr- be productive because otherwise you're worthless. And uh, as this is very detrimental because it leads you, well, I think right away to a stress addiction mm. and to working all day every day um and i i realized that this would not uh, benefit me in the in the long run so i had a closer look into that i had a look into that where does this pattern come from 
where does it come from? So I did a lot of shadow work. I did a lot of parts work, really went into these parts of me, like all the parts, you know, that part who says you are worthless if you're not productive all the time, you're worthless, worthless if it's not perfect. And also the part who just doesn't want to be perfect and just doesn't want to run all around the clock. So I looked into all of that and also discovered where it came from. And it that was a hard journey, but it was a very interesting journey. And it really, really helped me a lot. And from there, I changed my behavior. And it's uh, I actually, I think I'm even more productive than before, but much more relaxed. Yeah, being more relaxed and getting to that point where you're not stressing, like almost like self-sabotaging yourself, really. Exactly. Exactly. Really self-sabotaging because you're always high strong trying to complete this, you know, attain to whatever level you think you're supposed to be at. And that is just overwhelming because I, I know I used to be a perfectionist. Everything had to be in its place. I didn't want people to see me with things out of its place. And, you know, that stress alone is tiring. It's jarring. It's just too much. It just is over. It overwhelms. It overwhelms me. And I didn't even realize that I had been like this my entire life. It took mm. me a long time to get past that because it does no, it doesn't, well, it didn't do me any good. And I'm sure anyone else that's listening who has struggled with that, it doesn't do you any good either. That's absolutely right. And I think in the end, it will lead to blockages also, at least that that's what it did for me. It was like an inner tug of war because there was one side, the more, you know, the more you heal from these kind of traumas, the more you also have a side who says, stop that. So you have this this tug of war. And I actually, when I um, I de did these deep dives, I also found out it was like a tug of war of the inner mother and the inner father in me. Like one would say, be productive all the time. And the other would say, <laughs> then I don't love you. <laughs> oh, right. Great. So what am I going to do now? So you can become really completely paralyzed. And that's, of course, not a good state if you have your own business. Uh, but I think it's also very good that you come to this point. I think you come to this when you're an entrepreneur very quickly because there are obstacles every day and you face these things. You have to face the things. So it was absolutely necessary and was so healing also to do that, to find out where come where these original patterns came from and um, to do something about it and to become really more myself and to be really empowered and also um, not to care so much about the perfection. And uh, yeah, you can still... Um, I think you can still strive for excellence. There's nothing wrong about that. And that's also something I had to admit to that is very important for me, but not from this place of if it's not perfect, you are worthless. So right. I really, I think I, I heal that in me, but it's a, it's a journey that it never means that it doesn't come back. And it, that's also something maybe to people who listen to that, if you should face blockages or anxiety, something like that. It can come back. That's that's not uh, nothing went wrong. You can do the same process. Just find processes to heal yourself. It's like an onion, layer and layer and layer, and enjoy the journey. It's a beautiful journey into yourself. You, the better it gets, the better it gets. I love that. What are some of the ways that you, you know, when you feel like you're going back to that mindset, what are some of the little small ways or bigger ways that you try to find? How do you get out of that? Like, what are some things you do, certain activities that you do to help you with that? Yeah, I, I really like parts work. So um, if you 
have in your area facilitated for parts work or if you want I think people can also read about that and there are also meditations how to do it so to look into these various parts of yourself to to really um, ask them what they want and need what you need to change what they need to change what they want to do to integrate it I think it's an integration process to become more and more whole so I do that a lot um and yeah actually i do that every day i have that self so much self-care that i allow myself to to use every trigger life throws my way in this very positive way like say okay that's a mirror let's see there's some pattern and let's look into this part of me and integrate it and become more whole i'm glad that you mentioned self-care what are some of your self-care go-to's for me, it's really very much these deep dives. It's, uh, um, I, I guess a lot of people think self-care is more like you put yourself in the hot bathtub. Of course, I enjoy that as well. About to say that's not bad, but <laughs> no doubt, fun. no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but for me, it's really very much to take the time to look into myself, to do that kind of parts work, to integrate the parts and to become more and more whole. Because I think all of us have fractions. It's That's a natural, natural process of um, so, socialization um, and education. So uh, along the way, we have a lot of um, fractures in ourselves. So it's, I think it's really good to dive deep, to see these parts of us and, and to integrate them. And none of this is wrong. Sometimes people, when they hear shadow work, they think like shadow because it's, it's um, dark or something, um, that um, shadow work is looking into the bad parts of yourself. And that's, that's not true. There might be, uh, things you deem to be bad but nothing in you actually is bad and it will not kill you to look into it it will not kill you to feel it because you already went through that right you already survived it and uh, it's there's nothing bad and in the shadows you also have hidden the good things of you both so also things like what is not very much accepted in our society for example is anger i was a person who was never angry so mm -hmm. what does that mean? I had very weak boundaries because your anger, uh, your boundaries are in your anger very often. And my boundaries definitely are in my anger. So I had to work on that. I had to, to be angry. And that doesn't mean you go out and beat someone. Not at all. It, the opposite is the case. Because you do not suppress it, you don't have to explode. It's you deal with it in another way. Like you, know, you can imagine like a fire would burn everything unwanted in in yourself and uh, use anger in that way and this was very very healthy for me and very very necessary and i'm very aware there are other people who are very angry they have to do the opposite of course but i had to be angry <laughs> <laughs> right and i allowed myself to be angry about the things that does not mean that does not mean that i called the persons i'm angry at and told them, and not at all. That's not that's not uh, the action step you take. It's really like integrating it. Where does this anger come from? But also um, do something about it. Of course, there are also actions like people like to go somewhere and scream. I didn't do that, but you can like <laughs> smash some glasses right. or or um, cut 
paper, whatever, find something, find something to express your anger in a way that it doesn't hurt other people. So the, I think that's very important to say, but like that, it's not bad, but I deemed it so bad. You, you, you shouldn't be angry. Why should we not be angry? Angry. Of course, some, someone in my childhood told me, you have no right to be angry. And I believed it. So I had to work on that because I think what, what the bad thing is, if you stuff it under the floorboards, it will make you sick someday. Hmm. Yes, it will. It will. How do you, you said in the, in the middle of your, um, in the beginning of our conversation that you have ways of helping. What do you, how do you help other people? I have a process which is called future scenario thinking. And uh, what I presented in the very beginning, that's one technique of it, like it's called the interview from the future. But actually, this um, the whole technique uh, was invented by the U.S. Air Force in the 1940s for strategic planning. It was then in the 1960s and 70s adapted for business usage by Royal Dutch Shell, the oil company. And they were very successful with that. They um, had already predicted something like the oil shock very well <laughs> right. topic we are talking about now as well they had already predicted the oil shock in the 1970s um when others didn't even dare to think about it and they already had a plan how to deal with it so this is not uh, i always have to say that it's not about predicting the future because predicting the future comes from a place of powerlessness it's like i have to control everything it's the same thing like the race for self-perfection I have to control everything, that everything will be good. Unfortunately, life is full of uncertainties. And this is a process to deal with these uncertainties. And I know that people hate uncertainties. I face that every day. Rather give me something certain. But alas, as I said, 2023 might be a year to expect the unexpected. And a lot of pivots, but in a positive way, if you dive deep, if you become your authentic self. And my process helps actually a lot with that. We do that a lot for governmental organizations, corporations, but also startups and also individuals. And even like young students to decide what school they want to go to or what job they want to choose, what career, career to choose, what life partner to choose. So it's always about if you have a decision problem, you can do that. And um, it's like in the beginning, you decide what decision you want to make, what problem you want to face. Then you gather driving forces. In this case, what are your motivations? What are external driving forces? Maybe how the economy changes, the money system changes, a lot of things, political changes, technological changes. <clears throat> you can write them out. Then we analyze them. We find out which of them are certain trends are already kind of predetermined and which of them are critical uncertainties of the future. And that's what we are working with because uh, I see a gift in the uncertainties. Um, uncertainties are the realm of opportunities, especially for entrepreneurs. Certain trends, usually for small entrepreneurs, um, are not really practicable because the big corporations can jump on the big mega trends because they have a lot, uh, enough money to do that. But as a small entrepreneur, you um, need to think of other things. You have to find your own niche. You have to find really special and unique things. Um, and so I think the uncertainties are really the way to do that. 
And from, from this, we take two of these uncertainties um, to form two dimensions and form four different future scenarios. Some of them are good, some of them are bad. And then we enact these future scenarios, like I said in the beginning. I mean, usually it's not like one year in the future, it's like more 10, 20, 40 years in the future. What, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What kind of decisions do you have to take now to come into a desired future? And um, what things do we have to avoid also? As I do that a lot for uh, technological problems, very interesting. Very often there are a lot of bad scenarios because there are so many things um, that can be detrimental. Technology can really do a lot of harm, but it also can do a lot of good. And I would like to see it doing good in the world. And that's actually why I help people to develop these future scenarios. Awesome. So we know that you have your website, of which if you're listening, we will make sure that not only um, will we have the website, you'll have all of the social media that you have given so that we can make sure that you, our listeners, can go back and click on and find Ursula because we want you to have this information. I love how you know you have these different systems in place to help other people. And we want to make sure we connect you with those who are listening and we're like, you know what, I want to know more about that. Because this clip, it may be a small interview, but I know that this would be good for someone who may be listening. So I want to connect the two, your, you know, your clients and with you and get them all together. Yeah, so you can find me at www.redswan.at and my column at code red by redswan.substack.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. It's just my name, Ursula.Icene. And you can find me there and connect with me and chat with me there. All right. So have you been listening and enjoying this conversation? If you have, that's amazing. I'm hoping that you found true value with this conversation. And again, we're going to make sure you have everything in the link of the show so that you can click on it and get that. Ursula, thank you so much for being a part of the Conversations with Toy community. Uh, we can't wait to see the good things that you're going to do and helping other people to get to their ultimate selves. We appreciate you. Thank you for this great conversation, Toy. I loved it. Now, what did you think about that? Listen, I hope that you found some value in this conversation. You know, when we bring other people to our space, or does that say our, because this is curated for you. But when we bring other people to this space, we get to hear other perspectives that start a spark. Remember, everybody that is doing whatever it is that they're doing for them, it's only because they had a spark. And listen, you may not have all the money in the world. You may not even have all the knowledge, but if you can find a spark that will ignite you to want to do something better, anything that makes you want to do something better, you listen to Ursula and something resonated with you, write that down. Go back and listen to it. Hit that rewind button. You're working out. Come back to this episode. It'll be here for you. But go ahead and write that down because it's in that spark that literally will reimburse all of the things that you've been trying to work and work, work out and work through. So make sure that you just, again, listen to this episode, share this episode with someone else. Listen, we grow because of the fact of sharing and sharing is most definitely caring, caring about somebody else and making sure that they get to have the same opportunities as you to do the what, what's necessary for them and make those goals happen. Use those skill sets that we just learned in this conversation today to make it happen and make sure that you're not hard on yourself. And remember, this is the goal line is going to always be in front of us. And even if you backpedal a little bit, that's okay. You just have to just do a little bit of a sprint to get where you want to go. 
you are so worthy of the life that you choose and that you want and that you envision. But every vision comes with a plan and every plan comes with an action and every action comes with a reward. So make sure you do just that because you are so worthy and I can't wait to know about all the great things that you're doing. And listen, if you ever want to send me an email to ask me a question about an episode or something that you need clarity on, maybe there's an episode that you kind of say, listen, I want you to hit on that because this is kind of hit or miss and I really want to know a little bit more about it. Send me an email to T-O-I-T-I-M-E-B-L-O-G, that's toytimeblog at gmail.com. And I'll be more than happy to see what I can do. We can always curate an episode just for you. Because trust me, if you're thinking about it, somebody else is thinking about it as well. That's one of the first things I learned when I started my blog, which was almost actually eight years ago. And eight years ago, I found out just from using my voice at the time, you know, using my laptop, well, I didn't have a laptop, but just using my words was something that would inspire someone else. And using my voice on this podcast will be a spark for someone else. And somebody else in your in your neighborhood, someone else in your community and the community that you're going to build is going to be waiting for you to come out and give them that spark. Because listen, content creation, podcasting, blogging, it's always about using a spark to inspire. And if you're doing it for not to inspire and you're just doing it for form or fam, fame, trust me, those things are going to come and those things are going to go. But if you have a why and you stick to that why, I promise you, you're going to get far. The drink of the day, because we are coming to the end of the year where we are trying to reset is exactly this. The Victory Lap Margarita. It is called the Victory Lap margarita. The entire recipe will be in the show notes. Trust me, you're going to want to make it. It's actually super easy. It looks extremely good. And I'm always about a good cocktail. So the Victory Lab cocktail will be in our show notes because we know that you are going to make and do amazing things. You just got to remind yourself of it. And listen, even on your darkest day, there's a glimmer of light. All you got to do is be willing to be it. Have a great weekend. Make sure you do something for yourself. Rejuvenate, fill your cup all the way back up. That's also another tool. I plan to just love on my children this weekend. Not that I'm not gonna love on my husband because who cannot? I love him too. But just something about spending some time with them kids and listen to their laughter for me is gonna be just a part of my self-care. So I hope you have a good weekend. I plan to have a good and relaxing weekend myself. We will be back Lord's will next week for conversations with toy and let's see what we got and who we have on this uh for the month of February we are done we are about to close out the month of January how amazing is that when you thought this I don't know if anybody else thought but January has been a long month but even if you thought that this month was just not doing or not giving what you thought it needed to give it's okay we got another month to crush it so let's start off this and just keep the end of the month going and let's start off the month of February right see you next week Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.